Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well on Twitter at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, April 13th, 2020, and a wild weekend inside the Big Ten. We'll start off with the biggest news from this weekend, and that happened on Friday afternoon. As the Big Ten Player of the Year on the basketball side, Luca Garza announced his intentions for next year. Garza will test the NBA waters. He will declare for the draft. He is not going to sign with an agent. I will repeat that. If you go and look on Garza's social media account, I saw it on Twitter. When Garza put out his thank you note to the University of Iowa in caps, he wrote, that he will remain his eligibility. He will retain it, which with the new system that the NBA and the NCAA have, technically he would be able to hire an agent. Now the relationship with the agent would cease if he would elect to return back to school. However, he could still get some guidance from an agent, but that does not look like the case for Luca Garza. So. What I have seen for mock drafts, NBA mock drafts, I have not seen Luka Garza's name in any of them. And I didn't get a chance to see one this weekend. I looked for a few, but I didn't see it because the NBA's potentially moving the draft back. Who the hell knows right now? Uh, the NBA would ideally like to finish their season off right now. What the NBA is doing is they're doing at-home horse tournaments, which, in all honesty, I think it was pretty cool. Uh, I only watched a little bit of it, but that was pretty neat that the NBA is still trying to put out content out there for their wide fan base. Uh, they had Hall of Famers doing it, uh, Paul Pierce. Uh, you're also looking at WNBA players. Uh, Allie Quigley was doing it, and so and Tamika Catchings, I believe. So it's, it's pretty neat what the NBA was doing, but I digress. Luka Garza will not sign with an agent. He's going to keep that eligibility, and... I think that he's looking for that first-round grade, and I'm not even sure if he gets that first-round grade, if it's not a top-15 type of grade, that he doesn't come back. And I think it would be really interesting to see because if he comes back, he is the clear leader to me for the Naismith, uh, especially when you're looking at the winner from this year, Obi Topin. He will be leaving Dayton. He's going to be definitely going to the NBA. He has already made that decision. And... I think that it would be clear-cut that Luka Garza would be the best returning player in the country. And I think that now with the fact that Garza might not be on Iowa, I think their future outlook changes a ton. They still have a quality squad, but clearly when you're losing the best player in the country, collegiate-wise, yeah, it's going to hurt. So... Unfortunately for Iowa, Garza has declared, but fortunately for Iowa, he's keeping his options open. He hasn't made his decision. It's not in stone, so there's definitely potential that Luca Garza will return to Iowa City and play out his senior year for the Hawkeyes. Ohio State landed another graduate transfer in Able Portal Porter, I'm sorry, this weekend out of the transfer portal. Uh, he's from Utah State. He's a solid player, not gaudy stats. He's more of a court general as opposed to a guy that's going to fill up the stat sheet uh they've added jimmy sotos as well last week so 
with losing a couple of guards and Luther Muhammad and DJ Carton from this year's team. Uh, Carton was a freshman and Muhammad was a sophomore. Uh, they've added a couple of older players in the graduate transfers, which will fill the roles. So what looked like a bad situation for Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes is went out and did what he needed to do on the recruiting side, on the transfer portal, graduate transfer side, to solidify his roster for next year. So a, a solid addition, nothing special, but a solid addition gives them a little bit of depth at the point guard position. Michigan got some good news this weekend as well, as Columbia grad transfer Mike Smith will be playing for the Wolverines next year. 5'11", 180 pounds, but don't let that size confuse you because that size resulted in 22.8 points a game, 4.1 rebounds a game, and 4.5 and assists a game. Yeah, Mike Smith is a damn solid good player. And when you're looking at what Michigan's lost recently, uh, Little John, Livers, and DeJulius, it's a little bit concerning, but... You see a lot of this when first-year coaches like Juwan Howard finish their first seasons. Players realize that, hey, you know what? I wasn't the best fit for this system, so I'm going to go move on, find somewhere else that fits what I'm looking for a little bit better. And that's exactly what you're seeing, and they're seeing some of the good side of that. They're also seeing some of the bad side of that. So... I think that Jawan Howard has done a fantastic job. He's bringing in a very solid recruiting class. I think going forward, Michigan is in a good place. It might take a couple more years for Jawan Howard to really get in the groove of things and get them back to where John Beeline had them. But I do think that Michigan going forward, their future looks pretty good with Jawan Howard at the helm. Michigan State walk-on. Brandon Burke, he is going to enter the transfer portal. The center didn't really make much of an impact in East Lansing, so that loss, not a huge one for Mark Izzo. I'm sorry, Tom Izzo and company. I don't know why I said Mark Izzo. Ugh. Oh, well. Moving on to the football side of things, Penn State added three recruits this past weekend. Twins on the defensive side, Kalen and Kobe King out of Cass Tech from Michigan. Castech is a big time feeder school for D1 programs. A lot of programs and players come out of there and you're looking at the fact that they are pretty solid players as well. They're not just kind of throw-ins because they're twins. Kalen, his offer list not quite as good as Kobe's. I think Kobe has a higher ceiling when you look at things. Kalen is 5'11", 170 pounds. The defensive back at offers from Arkansas, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. A very similar list as Kobe did, but Kobe, like I said, he's the bigger prospect, and I think he has a higher ceiling at 6'1", 223 pounds. Had offers from Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Kentucky, so I, I think that when you look at things, they're, they're, they're very similar type of prospects. But again, like I said, I believe Kobe King has a little bit of higher upside than his brother, Kalen. And the third commit that Penn State got this weekend was Maryland athlete Zaki Wheatley. Uh, Wheatley is 6'2", 180 pounds. Had a solid offer list as well in Minnesota, Indiana, Louisville, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. 
the slow start is no more for James Franklin and Penn State for their 2021 class. It was kind of teetering. Everyone's wondering what the hell was Penn State doing because in the last four or five years, Penn State has been in the top 10 in recruiting rankings pretty much every season. And yeah, it was a little bit of a slow start early on for them, but James Franklin has turned it on recently. They've had four commitments in the last four or five days or so. So yeah, I think it's a pretty solid start for the Nittany Lions. And before we, uh, after I get done with all of the recruiting info that happened on the football side, which there was actually a lot, I will get to the updated 2021 recruiting rankings by the 24-7 Sports Composite. All right, Rutgers added Ohio wide receiver Braylon Fox to their 21 class as well. 6'3", 200 pounds. I had an offer from Michigan State and most of the MAC. Uh, I'm okay with this guy. I like the size here for Braylon Fox. It's 6'3", 200 pounds. However, what I'm missing here is the offer list. The offer list isn't quite that impressive. Uh, you know, Michigan State, yeah, I, I, for me right now, a Michigan State offer doesn't mean too much. I, I feel as if Michigan State really has done some good things. However, some of the things that they've done as well, especially when you're looking at a new staff here with Mel Tucker, you're not quite sure what they're going. I, they might be just trying to get some guys in there just to revamp the roster. So a little bit different here. For me, for Fox, I like the size, but again, I'm not enamored with the offer list. Purdue added another Ohioan as well in athlete Byron Threets. Uh, Threets is 5'10", 190 pounds. He most likely will play running back for the Boilermakers. A solid get for Jeff Brom. Offers from Indiana, Michigan State, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, West Virginia. I like this solid offer list. Uh, none of the big players here, but uh, I think that this offer is a good one, uh, especially when you're going into the right into the Buckeyes' backyard and, and grabbing a player. Although he didn't have much interest from Ohio State, he still had interest from some solid teams. And like I said, and I've said this previously, Kentucky does a really good job of recruiting I wouldn't say the afterthoughts, but some of the mid-tier prospects in Ohio, and they've taken them, and Mark Stoops has created a very, very solid team that battles in the SEC in Kentucky. So I think that getting those kind of players out of Ohio, very, very good, especially with that offer list that Threets has a solid addition for Jeff Brom and Purdue. Michigan added in-state offensive center Raheem Anderson. Anderson has a very solid offer list. You're looking at Georgia, LSU, Michigan State, Maryland. That Georgia and LSU offers, those are big time to me. Uh, you're looking at the 6'3", 298-pound center. Uh, he is a very good player because when you look at that offer list, boom, that tells me. You got the big time SEC players in Georgia and LSU. You have the defending national champion. You have an offer from them. I think you're a player if that is the case. So Michigan adds a very solid offensive lineman in Raheem Anderson. Michigan State also has been on a little bit of roll. Mel Tucker now has three commitments to his name in the 2021 class. Went out to Florida this time. The Sunshine State grabbed safety Gabe Neely, 6'4", 175 pounds. He had offers from Miami, Minnesota, Nebraska, Rutgers, Kentucky. 
Here's the deal with Neely. When you look at his size, to me, if he's able to add significant weight, potentially 30 to 40 pounds, you're looking at 205 to 10, you've got outside linebacker written all over him. I think he's going to come in more as an athlete as opposed to a safety. If he can keep that size, you're looking at a guy that could transcend very similar to Clemson's Isaiah Simmons, who can play on the back end, who can play with his hand down, who can play in the middle of the field at linebacker. So I think a lot of teams are looking for that next Isaiah Simmons. I don't want to say 100% that that's what Michigan State's getting in Neely, but I like the prospect of the fact that Neely's got some fantastic size and a frame where he can add on some solid weight, and if he doesn't lose that speed, he's going to be a player coming down the line for Mal Tucker. Indiana went out to Florida as well and grabbed a defensive back also in Larry Smith, 5'10", 170 pounds, had offers from Duke, North Carolina, and Old Miss. Now you're probably saying, oh, that's not the best offer list, an SEC offer, a couple ACC offers. Well, let me put it this way. Mac Brown and UNC has been recruiting their asses off. They've been absolutely fantastic. Look at what Mac Brown did in his first year at North Carolina. They brought Clemson to the brink. They had Clemson's number. If not for a failed two-point conversion at the end of the game, they would have went to overtime. And I think Mac Brown wanted to take his chances in regulation. And I understand that when you've got one of the best teams in the country on the ropes at home, you definitely want to take advantage of that. But he made a, a little bit of play calling mistake. I hated that fourth down play call. Uh, I'm sorry, the two point conversion play call that Mac Brown ran. Uh, you know, it wasn't all that great. However, it's Sam Howell didn't really have a chance to get in. And when you got a Carolina offer, and Carolina is on fire on the recruiting trail as well, because if Mac Brown can do one thing, it's recruit. And when you're beating Mac Brown in recruiting, you're getting a very good player, and that's what I think Indiana's getting, and Tom Allen should be very happy about the commitment from Larry Smith. The Fighting Illini added FCS All-American Center, Blake Gerasetti from Wofford. Gerasetti uh, played center for Wofford, but there's a possibility that he can move onto the other side in the interior and ultimately be a guard as well. So uh, I think it's a very solid addition for Lovey Smith and the Fighting Illini. He's done a fantastic job on the transfer trail, not quite on the recruiting trail. His classes, to me, have been ridiculously small, but he's augmented that by getting onto the transfer portal, getting onto the graduate transfers, and getting those kind of players and having those players make an impact for his team. So uh, we'll see what Gerasetti ends up being, uh, whether he's a center or a guard, but regardless, a solid addition for Lovey Smith. All right, let's update you on the 24-7 sports composite football team rankings. Right now, the Buckeyes at 15 commitments have the number one overall class in the country. And by a pretty wide margin as well. Uh, like I mentioned just a moment ago, North Carolina, they are third. So yeah, when you're going and beating out North Carolina like Indiana did for Larry Smith, solid, solid addition. Wisconsin is checking in at seventh overall in the country with nine commits. Michigan, after their recent run, has nine, is ninth in the country 
with seven commits. Maryland, 11th overall in the country. Mike Loxley doing a fantastic job with 10 commits. Rutgers as well. Greg Schiano, you're seeing the impact of Schiano getting a lot of commitments right now. 12th overall in the country, 10 recruits. You've got Iowa, 14th nationally with eight commits. Penn State, like I said earlier, before this weekend, Penn State was kind of, you know, like, what the hell's going on with the Nittany Lions? Well, after this weekend, they've jumped to 15th overall in the country with seven commits. Minnesota, a couple spots after them at 18th overall with seven commits. You've got a little bit lower at 28, Nebraska, with four commits. You've got the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers, one after the other. Boilermakers, 34 with five commits. The Hoosiers, 35 also with five commits. You've got the Northwestern Wildcats at 41st overall in the country. They have four commits. Michigan State has three commits. They are moving up. All Mel Tucker's commits, all recent within the last week. They are 49th overall in the country. And then you're going to have to go further down to find the Fighting Illini at 74th. Like I said, Lummy Smith has done very well on the transfer trail. Not so much on the recruiting trail. So you'd really like to see him step it up on that side. He needs to because I think last year was a big year for him. Getting able to go to a bowl game. And then they just couldn't close out. They couldn't finish. And they had one of the worst recruiting classes in the country. Or, I'm sorry, in the country and I guess you could say in the Big Ten last year. So that was rough. And Lovey Smith needs to pick it up on the recruiting trail. All right, one last note before I close out today's Big Ten Morning Minutes. Wisconsin announced this past weekend that they will not allow spring athletes to get that extra year. It is a school-by-school -school decision. The NCAA has allowed these spring athletes to have that extra year if they want to. And I think for Wisconsin and Athletic Director Barry Alvarez, I believe that this one comes down to money. Look at what potentially could be happening right now. Collegiate teams, because football, and yes, it is four months away, they might not have a season with the COVID-19 virus still plaguing this country and the world. There might not be a season. And it is expensive to pay for these Olympic sports, is what they call them, that don't bring in much revenue. And I get it. It sucks. But honestly, I just don't think that Wisconsin's doing their athletes the right way. I think it's a disservice. I think it very much ruins the collegiate experience. And I wish that Barry Alvarez would have waited a little bit longer to make that decision. Because you didn't need to make that decision right now. You can make it when school's starting up for the fall. I guess... Making a decision right now helps some of the athletes so that they know what they need to do going forward. But I hate the decision by the Badgers. And we'll see if other Big Ten teams follow suit with what Wisconsin's doing. I hope not because I feel, especially as a former collegiate athlete who played in a spring sport in baseball, 
I feel like if I got a chance to play 10, 12, 15 games and my season was supposed to last 60 games and I didn't get the full run and then my school tells me that I'm not allowed to come back and get that extra year of eligibility while everybody else is getting it, I'd be pretty damn bitter if I was a player at that school. So uh, I'd love to see Wisconsin have waited on this decision, uh, potentially seen maybe even what the Big Ten as a whole would have done. But as of right now, the Badgers are not allowing spring athletes to get that extra year of eligibility granted by the NCAA. That's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well, as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.